You're about to listen to a message from the LifePoint Church, a warm and friendly home for the young at heart. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Good morning, church. Uh, I am excited to be here. I am excited to be here. Thank you for having me, Pastor Busola. Thank you. This your worship session has flunked the message, man. I can't even remember what I wanted to talk about. Okay, let's take it one step at a time. But stay on, stay on, because follow me, they always cause trouble. Just uh, now, listen. The word of God is not just spoken to be heard; it's spoken to be spoken. Listen, listen. So that when the word of God comes, you see, right from this Bible reading, that's why I say it's causing trouble. You see whether God is able and is willing is not in doubt anytime you are not experiencing the promises of God that are revealed in scripture to you there's nothing wrong with God there's something wrong with you do you understand let God be true let every man be a liar the Bible says that the angel came into the prison and he saw Peter just watch what happened Right? And Peter was in chains, right? Remember that story? And the Bible says that the angel touched Peter and the chains fell off. He didn't touch the chains because the chains were functioning properly. They were doing their job to hold Peter bound. The prison was functioning properly. The only person that was malfunctioning was Peter. So what did the angel do? He touched Peter and the chains fell off. The word of God is what? Spoken to be heard. Spoken to be spoken. And if you are deep, spoken to be sung. That one is a tutu. Sacrifice. We use that spoken to be sung. You see, because Paul and Silas were in prison, there was nothing wrong with God. There was something wrong with them. And the Jews understand this, right? So anytime they find themselves in a jam, you know what they do? They start to sing. You know what Paul and Silas sang? If you read it carefully, they did not just sing. They were not singing Alak Barabia. No, they were not singing random songs. They were singing Psalms. Specifically Psalm 113 to 118. Specifically Psalm 136. Specifically, study it. They call it the Great Halal. And you know what those Psalms do? They remind you of what God has done to bring you to a place so that you remember that he can do it. So the Psalms started by saying, when the Lord brought Egypt, Israel out of Egypt, he said the Jordan saw it and fled. That if only I can bring your consciousness to where God is, nothing is impossible. If only I can bring you and your consciousness to where God is, Nothing is what? Impossible. So let's start from the beginning. Genesis 1. I'm, I'm, I'm going to try and read, but I'll call out the scriptures. You can put it at back here. You have given me a very tight timeline, so we have a lot to do. 
in the beginning, Genesis 1, 1 to 3, in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. And the earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God moved over the face of the waters, and God said, let there be light. And there was light. Simultaneous equations. Equation 1, sound created light. We are doing physics this morning. If you didn't like physics, you're in trouble. <laughs> Those of you that go F9 in physics, you are in good company. I got it too. Equation one, sound from the mouth of God created light. Right? Light is defined for the purpose of this as wisdom, knowledge, understanding, discretion and discernment. This was not the sun and the moon. Later the sun and the moon were created. This was what? Light. Illumination. So God said, let there be light and there was what? If you go to Hebrews and it says that God created, the way he created the world is the way he expects you to create your life. So it says faith is the substance of things hoped for. Hebrews 11. The evidence of things not seen. He said, for by it, the others obtained a good report. He said, now we understand that through faith, the worlds were framed by the word of God. Do you understand that? Through faith, the worlds, do you see the word worlds with an S there? It's not the world, it's the worlds. Now, when you see the world without an S, it's the word cosmos, which is the world that we live in. But you see, the word with an S is the word aeons, which is dispensations or phases. So if you read it again, using substitution method, it says that through faith we understand that the phases of the world were framed by the word of God. It means that the phases of your life can be framed by your words. Do you understand what I'm saying? It means that the phases of your life can be framed by what? It means that if you don't like the life you have now, you can use your words to break down the molecular structure of your life and reassemble it the way you want. I'm speaking from experience and I'll tell you how, how I did it. Use your words to break it down, molecule by molecule, and then you do what? You are re reassemble it. So equation one, sound created what? Help me, help me. Further in the book of Genesis, so he said he created two great lights. The greater to rule the day, and the rest are to rule. So if you are experiencing a consistent season of night in your life, it's because you are bringing lesser light. Let God be true. It is possible to experience consistent day. Because the Bible says in Psalms, day unto day, uttereth speech. Do you hear me? Then if you go in Genesis 1, 13 and 14, he said, he now spoke about the light that was created. He said, let the light be unto them for what? Times, for seasons, for years. Equation two, light determines time. Equation one, sound created light. Equation two, light determines what? Time. It means that this, listen, 
It means that time is the servant of light, not the other way around. It means light is superior to time. Because everything set in the world is set in time. And it means that if you bring light in the right intensity to any matter, you can collapse time. You can achieve speed. It means that no matter how dark your past is, your future is bright. Because the moment you wake up is daybreak. And today is daybreak. It means that no matter how you feel your mates have left you behind, you can catch up. Because it is light that determines the speed in life and the phase of your life, not the calendar. Do you hear what I'm saying? It is the measure of light. So if you will go deep and bring light, you will catch up. So equation one, sound created what? Light. Equation two, light. Determine sound. Let me give you an example. Jesus came to they came to Jesus. They said, Lazarus, your friend is ill. They said it so that Jesus would be in a hurry. The master of time himself. They said he's ill, oh, as if, if you waste time and he goes and dies, it's over. That's what they meant. Jesus said, okay, it's fine. Then he chilled for two days. The disciples were looking at him. And then one of the disciples said, ah, our friend, Lazarus, Jesus, you know, they were just, and Jesus said, he's sleeping. And said, okay, when we get there, we will wake him up. Jesus said, yeah, let me explain to you, he's dead. Yeah. You know, church people don't like to say, Jesus said, he's dead. Brother, how are you feeling? I'm strong, I'm strong. Tomorrow, the brother is dead. He was not strong. Let's tell ourselves the truth, he was not strong. There's something he did not know. to show you how you put something on your tongue, it's not Christianese, it's with power inside. And if I, if I can access that power, nothing! So they told Jesus, sorry I'm a local man. They knew before they brought me. So Jesus started heading to Bethany. He got to Bethany. The first sister came. He said, Master, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. Jesus said, your brother will rise again. You see, a deep person at that point would have taken it because sound creates what? Would have run with it and said, finish! Because that's what Peter knew. Peter, the, the, the boat was rocking. Peter said, if he can come out of your mouth, it's finished! So Peter said, tell me to come. Jesus said, come. He said, that's it. That's all I need. Listen, the word of God must be enough. The word of God must be what? Enough. That's the first law of honoring God. His word must be what? Enough. So Jesus said, your brother will rise again. <laughs> then she, does, she did what we all inadvertently do. She introduced time. Because her brain could not take it. So when your brain cannot take something, you introduce time and situate it in a place where your brain can relax. So if I say that, Falabi, you are going to be the president of Nigeria, you say, yes, yes, like 2050. 
But if I say 2023, Falabi will not be able to hear this message again. Something inside him has caused rancor. If I situate it at a timeline that he can relate with it, then he's okay with it. So she said, my brother, I know my brother will rise again on the last day. That's what we all do. And you miss out on what God is doing. Jesus said, I am the last day. Resurrection is not an event, it's a person. You hear me? That means you are the one delaying the last day. He said, I'm the last day, don't you see? Resurrection is not an event, it's what? It's a person. The minute you meet him, they don't break. to show you how you collapse time in your career. Collapse it. They told me I was too young at 38. Too young. They told me I was too young at 28. Too young. I said, okay. I will show you that it's light that determines speed, not the calendar. So Jesus got to the tomb of Lazarus and he said, he said, roll away the stone. They introduce time again. They say by now, he will be stinking, for he has been dead, what? Four days. Jesus said, people I am the master of time. I will bring light here now and will reverse the effect of rigor mortis in four days. And look at the power of the word of God. You know, I love the way the Bible puts it. I, the Bible is my best book. I'm not joking. Man. He said, he said, Lazarus, come forth. You know, I love my King James because he did not say Lazarus came forth. He said, he that was dead. It means that if Jesus did not call Lazarus, all the dead men there would have come out. If Jesus just got there and said, come forth, you would have seen, you mean me? You mean me? I don't come. Jesus, I don't come. Forget him. You know if you take him back, I don't come. The word of God is not just spoken to be heard. It's spoken to be spoken. So Paul and Silas began. Praise the Lord for his good and his mercies endure forever. Then they will remind themselves of who did X, Y, Z for his good. And after a while, after a while, their spirits were elevated to a point where you could not keep them in jail again. The Bible says that, and, and so you must know the word of God. This is the first law. Of, you must know the law. Because the spirit realm is legalistic. Let me explain this to you. It's legalistic. So you must know the law. If they teach the Bible in this church, which I know they do, you must embed yourself in it. When I came there, I doing membership class. Embed yourself. Jesus came to Tyre and Sidon. This, this is the effect of knowing the Lord. He said to the woman, the woman said, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Now, now the minute she called him son of Jesus, Jesus knew that this woman was deep. Because that was a messianic call. He was still struggling with his own people that he is the son of David. This person that is an outsider, was referring to him as son of David. Uh, he said, Madam, uh-uh. 
So he, she and Jesus had a conversation that went over all their heads. So she said, son of David, he looked back. He ignored her. <laughs> the woman said, oh. Baba Fihele. Son of David. If you had son of David and have mercy, go and ask blind Bartimaeus. He cannot resist it. He said, son of David, say. <laughs> Jesus turned to her and said, Madam, if you are this deep, you know that it's not good to give children's food to dogs. She was too deep and she knew that that was not an insult. She knew. She knew she was a dog. Because what happened when the kingdom left Solomon was that Israel was broken into two. Ten tribes, two tribes. Right? Now, Jesus referred to her as a dog in that you are part of the family but you are not at the table. He wasn't saying that she was uh, um, bingo. <laughs> right? So the ten tribes were the, that's why Jesus now said to his disciples, have I not come for the lost tribe of Israel? The ten tribes were the lost tribe of Israel. Right? They were in the house but they were not allowed to sit at the table just yet. So it was like Jesus telling, say, my time, you know the time has not come now. The man said, Baba, we don't need the bread. Is this the thing that is inside the bread? That is inside the crumbs? Baba, leave crumbs. At the point at which she said that, they didn't even, some people didn't believe that Jesus was the son of God. Do you understand? Jesus' mind was blown. That, ah. Just like the centurion. The centurion said, he said, he said, based on what I know as a military man, no. he said, I can't call, if I call a soldier, they're not born and well. He said, I believe that you have that influence over devils and sickness. He said, so, see what he said. He said, he said, speak your word only. Do you know what it means? Don't add your presence with it. He said, speak the word only. Jesus looked at Peter and remember when he went to pray in Peter's mother's house. He said, show him God, show him God, show him God. Show him God, show him Show him God, show him God, show him God. Do you see? This one, he said, speak the word only. Don't add your presence. Jesus said, he has never seen this kind of faith that collapses time and space. I'm on my second career now. I finished finance, 10 years, moved to healthcare. Now, pivoting from one career to another is based fully on hearing. What did I say? Now, let me say this. You will prosper as your soul prospers. It's not a prayer. Listen. Which means that for you to understand what I want to say, there are three places you need to grow. Write this down. The first one is in your spirit. You need to understand spirit-to-spirit communication. Right? The second one is in your heart. The second one is where? In your heart. He said, keep your heart diligently, for out of it flows the issues of life. That word issues in the Hebrew is the word boundaries. If you read it again using substitution method, it says, keep your heart diligently, for with your heart you create boundaries around your life. What it means is that anything that enters into your heart has entered your life. 
but it also means that your heart has the capacity to lock things out. So if you are here praying that your business will blow nationally, but you don't like Hausa people, you are joking. You will never be blessed by a market that you do not love. Listen to me. And you will never be blessed by a nation that you slander. So he says, you have used your heart to lock things, good things out and lock bad things in. But if that can happen, then I can use my heart to lock bad things out and lock good things in. That's why he said to Abraham, he said, all. You know when he said, I'll bless you, blessing, I'll bless you. He said, you, all nations of the earth will be blessed. That's the Elohim dimension of the blessing. Is the all dimension. The God of all flesh. So the first thing you are going to need to do is work on your heart. To become influential in the place of policy, in the place of business, is you are going to need to love everybody. You are going to need to grow a big heart that can love what? Everyone. Number two is your soul. You will prosper as your soul prospers. Your soul is the seat of your intellect and your emotions. Your soul is what? Is the seat of your intellect and your emotions. Your intellect is your capacity. You are going to need to grow intellectual firepower in the area of your industry. You are going to need to be the best. And that means putting in the time. Right? In addition to being the best, your emotions, you are going to need to learn to manage relationships. The way you manage relationships determines how far you go in life. One day, the Holy Spirit woke me up, 3 a.m. in the morning. I will never forget. That's when my wealth, my wealth journey started. My money was a mess. I was in debt. And he said, go to your study and write. That particular night, I had a cornea abrasion, which means I couldn't see at all. Woke up in the middle of the night. I couldn't see. Everything was blurry. So I... I felt my way downstairs to the study and then he said take out paper and write and I looked up and I said really? you're supposed to know everything now can't you see? <laughs> and then I felt my way into the drawer brought out my notebook brought out my pen and my eyes cleared the minute my eyes cleared I sat up I said this guy means business and he showed me Amos he said out of the families of the earth you have I known and decided to explain to me that I see you in families, all of you on the earth. I see you in families. And he said something that initially I disagreed with, but I've learned. That there's no such thing as wealth creation. Everything has been created. He said everything has been created, so there's no such thing as wealth creation. That wealth is inherited. Is passed through family members. He said the problem is they don't have to be biological. You expect them to be biological, but they don't have to be biological. He now showed me first Samuel. He said, God make it rich and God make it poor. Right? He causes the beggar to inherit a throne of glory. I when I saw the word inherit, he said, I've created everything already. That means the wealth you want is in somebody's hands or is, is, or is somewhere on the earth. You can't create it. Problem is, how do I inherit it? Now listen to this. I'll say this once 
and write it down. Never forget it. People are God's priority. People are what? And so the more people you bless and the more people you affect and the more people trust you enough, the more money you are allowed to make and keep. When Jesus read his manifesto, you know what he said? He said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me for he has anointed me to... He now started reading the effect of his ministry on people. On what? People. People are God's priority. That's why your heart must be the first thing that you work on. Once you work on your heart and you can love every demographic then you're on your way to be God's, to, to align with God's agenda and to be God's instrument on the earth. Now, on the issue of whether Jesus wants you to have money or he wants you to be wealthy, Matthew eleven five, they had John the Baptist had gotten tired because I find people saying, maybe God wants me to be poor. God is not a mad you have. He's not the wicked man in your village, you. No. I told you, if you don't see the promises in the Bible, it's not God's fault. It's your fault. There's something you are missing. You are either missing intelligence, or you are missing knowledge, or you are missing wisdom, or you are missing understanding. You are missing one of them, the quadrant of light. You are missing one of those things. Either you are missing intelligence, or you are missing knowledge, or you are missing wisdom, or you are missing understanding. And you can be wise and be poor. Let me tell you. The Bible described the wise man that delivered the city. Nobody remembered him. But you see, that's the worst thing, though, to feel that you're wise and poor. We have a saying, we have something that we call those people, we call them philosophers. The worst one is those that are poor and proud. Pick your struggle. Do you understand what I'm saying? So John the Baptist had gotten tired, weary. So he sent a message to Jesus. Are you the one that we were expecting? Can you imagine the... Or should we expect another? You know Jesus' response? He didn't say anything. He just intensified what he was doing in the lives of who? People. The Bible says that the deaf heard, the blind saw, the lame walked. The, he, said, he said the dead were brought back to life. And then he said the poor were given money. No, 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 no. Which Bible are you reading? He said the poor... Oh, sorry. He said the poor had the gospel preached to them. I checked the word poor so that I, I don't become spirit. That poor in Yoruba is alaini. It means those that lack. Not, not poor in spirit because spiritual people will come now. <laughs> it means that poverty can only subsist consistently in an atmosphere where the gospel is not fully understood. So Jesus lined them. He said, are you deaf? <laughs> you, you are dead. Get up! You are blind. He said, you are poor Peter. Go and teach them the gospel. They don't understand. I don't have time. He said, you are poor. He said, go and he said because his divine power has given us everything we need for life and godliness through the knowledge of him that called us for his own glory and goodness. Exceedingly abundantly, but according to the power that is working inside you. That's the caveat. According to what? Hey, now, if there's nothing working inside you, it's chlorophyll now. 
So when I came to the understanding that God wanted me to have money, ah, I said, I will show them in this Lagos. That God and I are on the same page about money. Gucci will hear. That, oh, oh, God and I, because that revelation broke my mind. Because we, we should change ourselves. We, we go with this low self-esteem. And the Bible says, he that comes to God must believe that he is what? He is. First of all, first of all, believe that he is. They did research and they found out that the most religious countries are the poorest countries in the world. Sacrilege. Why? Because the gospel is not fully understood. Spoken to be heard. Spoken to be spoken. The problem is misalignment. I was young. I am old. I've never seen the righteous forsaken nor his seed beg bread. That word righteous means to be aligned with God and connected. So I was young. I am old. I've never seen an aligned man forsaken nor his seed beg bread. A Christian who is misaligned will be forsaken and beg bread. Do you understand? It means if you have a decision and you are not aligned with God on this matter, you will be forsaken and you will beg bread. You need to be aligned. You need to be aligned. You better show me how many minutes I have. I can talk for three hours. <laughs> and so we have this treasure in earthen vessels that the power of God, that the excellency of power may be of God and not of us. Right? So Jesus started to show, I have been poor so that you can be rich. You know what God wants? And that's what you should ask. God is raising another type of disciple. They were there in the Bible, but they were not the prominent ones. And God showed me in January clearly. He said, I'm moving this thing from the pulpit into the marketplace. It's clear. From the pulpit into the marketplace. So when they asked Jesus, Jesus said, other sheep have I that are not of this flock. He was talking about Nicodemus and Joseph of Arimathea. Joseph of Arimathea was, is my dream guy. He's the guy I patterned my life after. I don't want to be like Paul. Some of, that's, that's Paul, Pastor Busola. It's Paul the Apostle. I don't want to be like Paul. I want to be the one that could afford Jesus' burial, you know. You understand? Nicodemus said, oh guy, I'm not going to allow you to pay for it alone. Now, if you understand the Jewish burial, private burials were expensive. Someone calculated it, I'm not sure. It cost about half a million US in today's money. They were expensive. Nicodemus said, let me pay for it. Uh, Joseph, I remember, I said, let me pay for it. Nicodemus said, like, we will share the money. And boys had money. Look. <laughs> Look, boys had influence. Think about it, think about it. Nicodemus walked, uh, Joseph Arimathea walked into Pilate's house. No, no, Jesus had put, said that he will rise on the third day. Clear! He said, I will rise what? On the third day. So everywhere was hot. Everywhere was what? Hot. They were watching Jesus. They were watching him. They were watching his grave. They were watching his grave. And then Nicodemus, uh, Joseph Armenta walks into Pilate's house and says, give me his body. He walk into Asso Rock. 
and said, give me his body. In such a tense time. And Pilate looked at him and said, now because now you... Do you know the influence he must have had over Pilate? That's the, what I... Do you understand? He must have had such influence over, over Pilate. And I want to say this and figuratively and literally. That Joseph of Arimathea delivered the body of Christ from a wicked system. Not just the corpse of Christ, but the body of Christ. God is looking for young men and women that will deliver the body of Christ. <laughs> Do you understand? Get up on your feet. Get up on your feet. God is looking for young men and women that would what? Deliver, the, that will collect the body of Christ. <laughs> from wicked lending systems into loving lending systems. From wicked entertainment systems into loving entertainment systems. From wicked mining telecoms systems. But let me show you what you need to do. I'll say a little prayer and then we can take questions. It was time for Elijah to go. And all the sons of the prophet knew that Elijah was going. Because all of them were sharp. You know, Elijah was not a gossip. So they came to Elisha and said, your master is going. The way you manage people, he said, "Uh, calm down. And then Elijah said, God will have me go this way. Elisha followed him. He said, you wait here. He said, as long as the Lord lives, and as long as you live, nothing but death will separate me and you. He said, okay. God will have me go again. Tested him again. You wait here. He said, I go, go here, bye-bye. Now, Elisha was an intern. Not a deputy. Do you understand what I'm saying? Don't be afraid. Don't say because you are an intern. The top is up for grabs. Because the heavens, the heavens belong to the highest bidder. So Elisha, an intern, he said, sir, I said, as long as the Lord lives, and as long as you live, I will follow you. When he don't, because you know, you know, you know, the covenant is secured by commitment. You know, you got that. When he dawned on Elijah that this young man was not going anywhere, he said, "Okay, what will you have me do?" He said, "Didn't give me a double portion of your spirit." Now that was not a mathematical request. You cannot multiply the Holy Spirit times two. <laughs> It was not a mathematical request. It was a cultural request. Essentially, what it meant was when a Jewish man died, if he had four sons, his goods were divided into two and the firstborn got a double portion. Right? So it was a cultural request that they understood. So what Elijah, what Elisha was asking for was for the right to be called the firstborn among the prophets. And they were in a school of prophets. There were other senior prophets, but he was asking for the right to overtake So Elijah said, I can't give you because it's God that appoints. But if you are there, when I drop this mantle, then, which is commitment and consistency. So they got there. And of course, he was there. And, he, and, and you, know, you know the part I love best was when he was coming back. To make that, to activate that mantle, you had to go through Elijah. He said, God of Elijah, where are you? Makes me remember all those Yoruba films I used to watch when I was small. Libi Libi Lojuri, Yo Bale, Yo Bale, Nila Balaba Fimwogo. 
Listen, listen, listen. Every industry has a firstborn. And in Nigeria, almost every industry is up for grabs. You can't take healthcare because I've taken it. But, but, no, I'm serious. I've taken it. I've taken it. They don't even know. I've taken it. I've taken it. But every industry, mining, media, telecoms, every industry has a firstborn in every generation. And the suppliers of the need of the generation will be the custodians of the identity of the generation. Which means that when they call that generation, the supplier, those that come will sign for everybody with their fingerprints. If you want to be a firstborn in the industry, lift your hands up. The secret is commitment to God's agenda. Alignment to God's agenda. Listen, listen, before you get excited, listen. There's something God wants inside what you want. Hannah wanted a son. God wanted a prophet. Elizabeth and Zachariah wanted a son. God wanted a foreigner. Ask him what he wants. It's simple. Ask him what he wants. Just say that prayer. What do you want? We want to take this industry, this mountain for you, but what do you want? What is your, what's your plan? We are fully aligned. Let your kingdom come. Let your will be done. Let your kingdom come. Let your will be done. Let your kingdom come. Let your will be done. Let your kingdom come. Let your will be done. We surrender all. Alignment. We surrender all. Are, like I said, there are heart things you need to know. There are soul things you need to know. There are spirit things you need to do. Those are the three combinations. Heart things you need to know. Soul things. Things that need to reside in your soul. And there are spirit things. On my wedding day, a man came to preach. I didn't even like him very much. I was still telling my father in the why now. <laughs> it doesn't matter whether you like me. And as the man was preaching. He said, kneel down there. Brought out a hundred dollars. And he put it in my hands. Spirit things, oh. And he said, dollar will never be scarce in your hands. I didn't like him, but I shouted, amen. Since then, I've carried that grace. I'm not joking. I have carried the grace. It has never been scarce. So there are spirit things. Don't worry, I'm not giving you. Once in a while, once in a while, one day, my mother took me to a pastor and he said to me, he said, he said, where do you live? This was years ago. He said, I live in Ablegba. He said, 
how much is Osho the bus from your house? I said, I said, um, and by the way, this is someone that's been running away from pulpit ministry. <laughs> I said, Tenara, he said, you will travel around the world preaching the gospel as if you are going to Oshodi. Pastor J.T. College, eh? And so I was in Kigali two weeks ago. So I, I thought it was pulpit. I, I, I want to show you how God is moving it away from the pulpit. I thought it was pulpit. So I was in Kigali for work. I got, and a friend of mine came to see me who lives in Kigali. And the Holy Spirit said, there's $500 in your wallet. Tell her to kneel down and put it in her hands. I said, this $500. Why can't I use, I can't use $100. And that's ministry. Do you get what I'm saying? Wherever he sends me, I go. Alignment and surrender. I want you to lift up your hands again and say, Lord, I surrender all. See, from today, God will start speaking to some of you about specific requirements in industries that don't exist yet in Nigeria and on a global level. Specific requirements. He will take you on that journey. He will start working on your heart. Some of you have been hurt deeply. The Holy Spirit will start working on your heart because you are rooted and grounded in love and you will experience everything, love that is thrown beyond the mark of existing knowledge. You will become complete with the content of God. Everything that is inside God is inside you. We surrender all. We surrender all. We surrender all. We of wisdom and understanding spirit of counsel and might spirit of knowledge and of the fear of the Lord we ask that you fall fresh in the name of Jesus spirit of light spirit of God fall guide drive Set us on our feet. Show us where to go. Teach us what to do. Help us. In Jesus' name. Amen. If you're celebrating Jesus, you want to put those hands together. Hallelujah. The entrance of his word indeed gives light. If you want to appreciate my brother Fisayo, please go ahead and do that. Thank you so much, Fishy, for being a blessing. Hallelujah. All right, please be seated in God's presence. 
So before you leave, um, I want us to give one or two people an opportunity here, both in the room and online. So if I have the online team, just be on the lookout for questions. Uh, we'll try and take one question online. And we don't have so much time. Uh, ideally, I would have had our unplugged conversations with Demi Lade. But we'll take one or two of the questions that we've already um, prepared and received for Visayo, as well as giving two people in the room an opportunity. So if you want to ask a question, something burning on your heart, this entire month we have been teaching on abundance. We've been talking about honest conversations about money. Uh, if you've been a part of the teaching series, there's any question at all, or just anything that Fisayo has shared. Fisayo, would you like to sit? Should we get you a stool? Yeah? Okay, please, can I have... You're fine. Okay. Can I have another microphone for Fisayo, please? So we'll do this standing so that we can finish up um, in good time. Yeah? So if you want to ask a question, may I ask that you quickly come out? We can only take two people. So please come out very quickly and utilize the microphones at either of the sides. Yeah? Anyone? Online team, if we have any question, please do share. We have a question online. Oh, someone wants to share, ask a question. Beautiful. Oh, hello. Okay. Thank you very much for that. That was an amazing. Um, yeah, so my question would be, sorry, can you hear me? It's a bit muffled, so do you want to take Okay, so my question, you said that Elisha, um, you know, followed Elijah, according to the Bible, and um, so what's that like? Because what's so you, okay? I think let me just simplify. So what's identifying the firstborn in an industry and trying to should I say? I mean, and just trying to take from that. You know, you said um, just I'm um, sorry now. You said the your industry now is not for grabs because you've taken that right. Um, but I mean, for other industries, what does it mean in real term? Uh, in a pragmatic way, what does that mean? Okay, thank you. My industry is for grabs. When I say it's for grabs, I mean there's so much to do. There's so many sub-industries, there's, there's so much to do. Right? <clears throat> thank you. Now, let me say this, and thank you for that question. I didn't get your name, but thank you for that question. Samuel. Samuel. Beautiful question. Now, growing up, I wanted to select my mentors. One of the things that God taught me is that your teachers will not be far from you. Yeah. Right? However, I wanted the shiny mentors, and that was, and, and, and the one I got became a tormentor. <laughs> you have to be careful. So you have to allow the one who created you select your teachers, and this is where hearing comes in. I think I need to talk about hearing, because I said there are some spiritual things you need to know, and, and it's very important. It helped me pivot. There are two things I'll tell you about hearing. Hearing God and allowing him nudge you in the right direction, even to finding your teachers. They may not come in the packaging that you expect. And that's usually God. Because people are his priority, and he's trying to break your own discriminatory tendencies. So he will send you teachers. My teacher was, Bissolan was Catholic, at the time where I was a speedy boy. Then, you know, I had like one trouser and two shirts. That was, for us, we were SU. Senior SU, by the way. Senior SU. 
You know, we were, I mean, this is, Salah and I have had 30 years of friendship, so you can imagine. There it was, it was spirit. Now, give me a Catholic person, I say, like Peter. I said, I cannot eat. He said, kill and eat. I cannot eat. Now, if you do that, you insulate yourself from what God wants to teach you. Because sometimes what he wants to teach you does not reside in the household of faith. And he wants to transfer it. And he's God. He knows everything. So these are two things I'll tell you about hearing that are very key. One, everything has ears. Right? Everything. And everything needs to have ears so that faith can do everything. Because faith comes by hearing. Right? So faith can move anything. So God puts ears. It's like coding. It's like a fail-safe. Right? In everything. The second thing is that hearing is an everlasting gift. It doesn't die when you die. Your ears might go, but your hearing never goes. That's why resurrection power can raise the dead. That's why after so many days, for many years, he went to the Valley of Drivers and said, speak, and those guys came back. Do you understand? So hearing is my biggest, the reason I said that is that hearing is my biggest asset in my life. That's the only good thing about me, that I can hear God, Right? And not my son, my son. Not every time, you know. Sometimes it's just a nudge. Sometimes it's people. Sometimes it can be even Busola that just calls me out of the blue and says, do you know that this, and I was praying about something, right? Now, where that fits into what you said is that I don't just identify, if you don't want them to treat you anyhow, someone that I think is a leader and I go and follow him. No, or attach myself to him. No, you have to wait and be like Philip and hear the Holy Spirit say, attach yourself to his chariot. Sometimes it may be someone that you don't even know is going to be a leader. But God is writing a script. So you need to be sensitive in that regard as to who you call your mentors or who you, you know. I hope that answers your question. Thank you very much for that. Do we have any other question in the room or online? While we're waiting for anyone else who has a question. One here, okay. All right, Raymond. Good morning, everybody. Morning. Thank you, Pastor. You indeed shifted my mind. Like, there's a shift of mindset for me. Pastor. Thank you very much. Brother, <laughs> Pastor, brother. Okay, so, um, I want to hear from you, not like I don't know the answer, but I want to hear from you, what are the practical steps for growing your spirit, soul, and your heart? Fantastic. The first thing, your heart, is you should keep it diligently. Be careful of what goes in and what goes out. If you have been hurt by any demography, men, women, and all that, seek healing, right? Because if you have been hurt, you tend to exclude them. See, women that go around shouting when men have come, you are going to have problems. And the men that go around shouting women are useless. You are going to have problems. It's your heart is damaged, and it will malfunction. And the heart is deceptive, right? So your desires will malfunction. And so if you have been hurt, this is what I did. I was damaged. I would wake up in the morning and confess that I'm rooted and grounded in love. I experience and show every day the love of Christ that is thrown beyond the mark of existing knowledge. I am complete with the content of God. Now remember that the word of God is not just spoken to be heard. It's spoken to be spoken. So as I speak that into my heart, the Bible says, so is the kingdom of God, as if a man should cast it into the ground and go to sleep. Opportunities will now come for me to exercise love. 
in my day-to-day. And he says, oh, you just said that, so try this. Now, he says, strong meat belongs to them that are of full age. Those who by reason of use have their senses gumnezo or gymmed or exercised. That word is actually the word gumnezo or gym, right? So it is through use. That's my point. So when I find opportunities, I show that love, and my heart starts to recalibrate. Now for my soul, read books. You are a combination of where you've been, the people you've read, the books you've read, the places you've been, and the people you've met, right? For your soul, those are the three things. Go out, travel. Save money and travel. Go to Ghana. Go to travel. Or else, it's vision you'll be seeing, no? It's vision you'll be seeing. And you'll not be able to corroborate. So travel, read books. As you see, I've been, I've been to Japan. I've been, I've been around the world. As a matter of education, right? So read books. Meet people. Don't say, ah, I'm just in my house. I'm not. I mean, one day I was in Paris. And a very popular musician who lives in Paris said I was in Paris. Oh, let's go riding. Now my, I'm very, I said, I want to go and sleep. And something I said, Go bike riding to the Eiffel Tower now. Just live a little. Just do it. That's one of the best memories I've ever had, you know? <laughs> Flex, small. <laughs> Read books. Read books, meet people, travel. That's your soul. Your spirit, eh? Your spirit is just listen. It's not tough. The first law of hearing God is to do what the Logos says. You want to hear Rema, do what is in the Bible. If you have not done that one, God will be looking at you. But you have not done the one I wrote down. The thought pattern of God, codified in the word of God. You have not done that one, you want me to be speaking to you. I'm not a talkative now. So do that one. Do you understand? Do that one. And God sees, he says, a willing heart. That is all that is required. So that willing heart, God starts to see it. He starts to nurture it. He starts to nurture it. After a while, you know, you start, once you are someone that follows what you hear, then it starts to tell you what to do. Or oh, why don't you do this? You know, give that money. Give that, like, ah. But when you do it, you're free. Everything you give, you rise above it. You know? I hope I answered. Okay. Thank you very much for that, uh, Fisayo. So we have a question off Instagram, and it's very similar to one of the questions um, sent in earlier as well. It says, why are there so many non-believers on Forbes, and the real Christians are poor? So the question we had initially, just let me add to that. Uh, It says, how come there are so many Christians in the world, but a few of them are, are, are like super rich? I mean, all of the guys on Forbes' richest list, I don't think any of them are professing Christians. This covenant of abundance seems to be something we say, but how come we don't see it in practice? I don't in town. <laughs> and, 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 and this is something I asked, you know. I asked this question. When, sorry, you are facing the band. Are they sorry. the only spiritual people in the room? Please. I'm sorry, it's my constituency now. I'm sorry, yeah, I know sorry. You are musically inclined, so you have sorry. been facing them. <laughs> so, now, now, eh? The first thing is that the model of the gospel that we learned was not complete. And that's not anybody's responsibility but yours, right? 
So don't blame who taught you. Who don't know, it's yours. Right? So that's the first thing. The second thing is that they sold us a lie that poverty was somehow tied and, uh, you know, uh, it somehow represented Christianity, somehow. And that's why I wanted to break that by showing you in the scriptures that those that were poor had the gospel preached to them. So first of all, a lot of us do not believe that Christians should be rich. If you start, they say you're preaching prosperity gospel. Where well, I like the good things of life. So, I mean, the third thing is that Christians are the biggest discriminators on the earth. I'm serious. And as long as you exclude with your heart, you cannot access. Let me tell you why. We are the ones who say he's not a Christian. So as if, if, if we are that way, the blessing of God should not touch him. But he's not a Christian. The guys out there don't think like that. They think about the all dimension, right? So Mark Zuckerberg will come to Lagos and start doing Facebook. But you, you are thinking he's not a Christian. And by doing that, you cut yourself short from the supply of the supernatural because this, the law is that it causes rain to fall on the just and on the unjust. So if he puts it in your hand, he knows that the unjust is cut off. So he himself in his love withholds it from you. The fifth thing, the fourth thing is that we don't understand the provisions of redemption. Maybe one day I get the opportunity to teach it. Every provision of redemption has a condition attached to it. And if you don't understand that, you are going to misappropriate the provisions of redemption. For instance, the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man makes power available. But power must be backed by action, right? So you can't pray yourself into prosperity. You find people in prayer meetings saying, God, Jabi, Joe, Jabi, you know. Prayer is not designed to transfer wealth. Prayer has its limitations. It makes power available. Then you will now take the power into the marketplace. So if you don't understand that provision, let me, let, me, let me give you another provision of redemption is that power must be paid for. Don't like that one. Another provision of redemption is that the only way out of poverty is to give. It's a provision of redemption. So I use giving as a tutu. You can't, you can't, even, you can't match me. I'm crazy in that regard. Because I've learned. Jesus stood by. Look at you. Jesus stood by the woman, the temple, watching people give. Watching. Then the woman came and gave her all. He did not say, Madam, uh-uh, take it back. You know you don't have. Madam, take it back. No, he knew that the only way out of this thing is by giving. And so until we start teaching consistently the provisions of redemption, grace, the blood, the blood is for your, and grace, those things are for your self-esteem. I always tell people that the blood is a legal environment, was shed in the legal environment. It means that no matter what I did, my koboko is not in your hands. Until we start teaching those things and building us to the stature of Christ where we can stand in the global marketplace and say, look, I deserve to be here. The grace of God has brought me here. Some of you, if I put you in a room with some of these people, your voice will start shaking. Because your self-esteem is low. If I wire a billionaire to your account, you just see 
So, you know, I like using for Labib because it's my friend. We just get up from where he is and start running outside the church. <laughs> Say, for Labib, where are you going? I'm coming. <laughs> because, I'm not saying that's how it is, but that's how most of us are. A billion, church is zero, can <laughs> So, we're not really ready to be, but there's something the Holy Spirit said to me that, I know I must say, but it's difficult. I said I will not say it. Then this question brings it. But so it's difficult. Because it's not how we were taught. That the provisions of wealth transfer are different from the provisions of salvation. Mm. It's difficult. It means that the laws of wealth transfer. It means wealth will transfer whether you are saved or not. But the power in our covenant is that imagine when you add the two. That's the power. So if you say Dubai is prosperous, imagine if we can add the two, what we can build. But so that, so that the poor and the widows and the homeless, so that they are protected, God needs to keep sharing it until Christians are ready. If it was you, will you have a foundation? No. I hope I answered that question. Absolutely. Thank you so much. Wow. So, we all have work to do, essentially. And again, one of the things that we had been happening on quite a bit this month has been just this whole mindset um, differentiation, if I may put it that way, between the children of the, light, uh, children of the world and children of light and how Jesus would do that comparison and say, guys, the reason why they are a certain way is because you, that you have all the light, what are you doing with your light? And it's interesting to know that a lot of us need to unlearn certain things. There's a lot of unlearning that needs to happen. So guys... Don't, don't stay away from church. Don't stay away from the word of God. Sorry, More Michelle, importantly. Can I, can I share one thing? Yeah, I'm please so go sorry. ahead. I think someone needs this. And it blessed me. Change my money. God said to the Israelites, he said, when you reap, this, this is something for money. Oh. If you don't have money and you want to start enjoying wealth, this is something for you. Try it. First of all, when he wanted to bless the house of Joseph, he said, he said, he said, he said he's speaking of the blessing of the breast, the blessing of this, the blessing of that. He now said, he said, because of he that is in the bush, allow the blessing rest on Joseph. Because of he that cannot fend for himself, God, allow the blessing rest on Joseph. The question is, can God trust you with these resources? Yeah. You can be sitting down and say, oh, no, I don't mean, oh, ah. <laughs> And God, you know, now this is what I learned recently, very recently, because God, God is taking me into another realm of my money. You know, he started me at a certain level. And when, it's, when he gives me revelation, I know that we're entering another level, you know. So he showed me this. I've never seen it before. He said, when you, sorry, not you. He said, when you reap, don't reap to the edges of your field. He said, when you also reap, don't go over your field again to make sure you got everything. 
He said, because what is left there is for the poor and the stranger. God's socioeconomic plan. For the poor and the stranger. He now moved to the next verse. He said, don't defraud yourselves. Very powerful. You know what it means? It means that let there be room in your house for the poor and the stranger. One. Two. I have mixed their money with your money. They don't have a source to draw it from heaven, but you do. So I have mixed their money with your money. So when your money comes to you 100%, it's not for you. It's not your own. I have mixed their money. I have given you the right to give them their portion of meat in due season. Because of your understanding. I have mixed their money with your money. He says, so don't pack everything from the field. Then he now said, don't defraud them. It's there in Leviticus. Don't cheat them. So, you know what I do without understanding? I have money set aside for the widows, for the orphans, and for the homeless. I do not wait for them to come and ask and I start complaining every time, every time. No, there's a budget. It's for them. Do you understand? This one is not born again. You know, he was Jewish. That's why the Jewish are the most prosperous people in the world. It's this one is socioeconomic sustainability. When the Bible says it shall be like a tree planted by the irrigation channels. Check it in the Hebrew. It says irrigation. Irrigation means whether it's good season, bad season, there's water. He said his leaves shall not wither because those leaves are used to essentially cover the poor. Thank you. Wow. Thank you so much, Fisayo. So we have quite a number of questions, but we can't take any more. Um, but here's what I'm promising. Um, and I'm going to... <laughs> all the pastors in the room, we need to collaborate on this together to ensure it gets done so that it's not an empty promise. But all of the questions we have, um, we will send them to Fisayo. Fisayo has a very busy itinerary, but I'm extracting his commitments in front of us all here that he would respond to them and then we will share them on social media, okay? So this entire week, even if it's just one a day, we would attempt to post um, a question and Fisayo's response to it because we can't take all the questions here. But please celebrate my dear friend and brother again. Yeah, Fisayo was... No, you have one more thing I need you to do, please. But just so you understand, this is our relationship. We're business partners and he was one of the people that married me off to my husband, my husband is, yeah, he's um, a very dear friend of his. So, Fisayo, there's some people in the room today and possibly online who don't have a relationship with Jesus or maybe they used to and um, they've been hurt by the church, the church system, um, by what Christianity represents in our world today or even they by themselves are dealing with the guilt of shame, condemnation um, and possibly even rejection, uh, I would like for you to please give them an opportunity to, uh, we don't want to end this service without them rededicating their hearts to Jesus or that person who's never even been in a relationship and is hearing all of these things and asking, how can I be a partaker of this covenant of abundance? So would you kindly um, do the honors, please? Father, we thank you, Lord. 
You know, there's a prophecy over every life here. But that prophecy is latent, hanging. It, nothing happens to it until it is converted into a covenant. The difference between a prophecy and a covenant is God's commitment. And a covenant is secured by commitment. Which means that there are bends in every life here. There's a point at which you come in contact with God and everything changes. Regardless of where you've been. Let me address the first group. Who you might feel like, oh, but Fisayo, you don't know where I've been. The Bible says, and mark your lintel with the blood. He said, when I pass through the land, <laughs> when I see the mark of the blood, I will pass over and the plague shall not be upon you to destroy you when I smack the land of Egypt. When we ask you to plead the blood of Jesus, we are asking a legal question. Because normally in court, you could plead guilty or not guilty. But we introduce a third plea, which is the blood of Jesus. Guilty means that I didn't do it, but I'm here. Not guilty means that... I, sorry, guilty means I did it, but I'm here. Not guilty means I didn't do it. The blood of Jesus means I did it, but somebody has paid for it. When you are in this place, please don't feel guilty and run away from the presence of God. This is the time to run to Him. So if you are here, you feel like you are covered with shame. I'm not going to ask you to lift your hands. I'm going to ask you to just close your eyes and bow your heads and say, Father, I am coming home. I gave my life to you. I took it back. I'm surrendering it back. And just so that this is not a commitment that you do and run away, I'm going to ask that after this service, you go meet one of the pastors or one of the ushers discreetly and say, I rededicated my life today. Say, Father, I come by the blood of Jesus. I have a right by the blood, so I come by that blood. Wash me. See me through the blood in the name of Jesus. If you are here, you have been hurt. This is not the time to be ashamed. I'm going to ask you to rise on your feet. Not come to the front, but to stand where you are. These lights, I can't even see you, so don't worry. I'm going to ask you to rise on your feet. And I'm going to ask you to take this confession with me. If you don't want to rise on your feet, again, it's good. But I'm going to ask you to take this confession with me and subsequently take it every day. If you are here, you have been hurt by a family member, you have been hurt by a parent, you have been hurt by a pastor, you have been hurt by a close friend. Thank you for rising up on your feet. I can't see your face. Just rise up on your feet. When you rise up on your feet, you show God that I honor this moment and I come. God bless all of those of you on your feet. Shanoeteli brene kieste igledus brede shadabaikitus. Rakda braske telebre de deskede de biokos to prevede sutalibra ne cadante. Estubreni kedis of tuske privede soto ligria da cadus. Rada brontos ketelibregede sete de yado sutalibraha. Forgiveness. Ilo costo prevede sitalibrande. Nekodos ketelebregedesh. The Bible describes the scenario for 
forgiveness in the Old Testament. He said they will bring a goat. Two goats, actually. And they will cast Lot. And the goat that the Lot falls on, they will cut that goat and offer it as sweet-smelling savour to God. By that, it means that that goat now becomes the one saying, Father, forgive them. Offering sweet-smelling savour to God. It's painful because they cut the goat. Do you get it? It's painful. He said, but the second goat is escorted into the wilderness where there's dryness. When someone hurts you and you hold on to them, you forgive them, not just for them, but for you. So that you can release them and let them go. So that you don't experience any form of dryness in your life. I'd like you to just release them right now. Say, Lord, I release them. If you were raped, I, I perceive someone here was raped. I just heard it in my spirit. I perceive someone here was raped. If you were raped, just say, Father, I release them. I release them. I release this person. It may not be an automatic, but you will feel the Holy Spirit start a journey with you today. If you were stabbed in the back by a partner, Father, I release them. Take it. Take it away. In the name of Jesus. I come to you. I come to you. I'm tired of seeking vengeance. I'm tired of that life. I'm tired of holding on to it. I come to you. I am rooted and grounded in love. Say this after me. I am rooted and grounded in love. I experience and I show to everyone and in every way the love of Christ that goes beyond the mark of existing knowledge. I am complete with the content of God. In Jesus' name. If you are here, you have never ever experienced you can sit down. You can sit down. If you are here, you have never experienced the life of salvation. God brought you to this point. He brought you to this point. Everything you have been through is to bring you to this point. Where you can experience perfect peace. Nothing missing, nothing broken. That perfect peace is the foundation for abundance, for an abundant life. Where your heart, it says he, he will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on him. He actually reads that he will keep him in perfect peace whose imagination has laid hold of him. Let your imagination lay hold of God today in the name of Jesus. I'd like you to just say this prayer after me. Father, I come just as I am. Save me. Heal me. Take over my life. I confess my sins and I declare that you are the savior of the world. You are my king. You are my Lord. Take over my life. In Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Thank you for listening to a message from the LifePoint Church. To download more free messages, please visit www.soundcloud.com forward slash LifePointNG.